Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. We, we don't know what it is that God wants to do next, and then um, we find out every, every single time there's uh, a person who is tugged on by God to give some kind of a what we would say is kind of a crazy amount of money that God put on their heart to give 10000 or or $20,000. And we're like, well, what, what on earth? Is, what is this for? What is going on? And then an opportunity pops up every single time that would have been completely impossible for us to be able to go after. And uh, it's just, anyways, it's one of those things. I've been tithing uh, for... I don't know, 15 years now, and my wife and I have been able to survive and even thrive on nine-tenths of our income, way easier than we were ever able to do so with ten-tenths. And it doesn't really make sense mathematically, but it's just been one of those things that we've trusted God with, and He has continued to make a way for us to, um, to, to be taken care of. So, uh, God, thank you for uh, just making good on your promises that you say that there's, we, we can't outgive you. Um, you encourage us to test you in this way that if we are able to be in that place of recognizing that anything good in our lives that we have, it came from you in the first place. And so we're just giving you back a portion of what you gave to us. We want to see you use it powerfully for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, they're going to pass those things along. We're going to jump into it. Before I, I get into the message, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who helped to pull off the community fun day yesterday. Uh, it was a ton of fun. We had all kinds of people come through. There was a, a, an insane amount of good food <laughs> And uh, all kinds of kids who were winning prizes and getting to play games and just getting um, juiced up on sugar and snow cones and cotton candy and all kinds of good stuff. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. And a lot of you uh, just really stepped up big to be able to pull it off. And so thank you for that. We're, we're wanting to get back into the... Um, back into the, the normal of having kids in our parking lot and people coming and partying and celebrating and whatnot. So thank you for that. All right, we'll jump in. We're going to jump in. Here's the, I guess here's the, the title of today is When You Don't Like Who You're Becoming. When You Don't Like Who You're Becoming. Um, and I'm, I'll warn you that today is not one of those messages that um, like wraps things up in a nice bow after 30 minutes where we're going to have the answer or the solution. Um, life has way too many problems that are too complicated to solve in 30 minutes. And so th this one today, I just know um, we're, we're opening up a bigger conversation. And so... At the end of it, if you feel frustrated, then don't be surprised. 
Um, I have talked to many, many people. I talked to a couple different people uh, at the Community Fund Day yesterday just about their faith and different things. People who came to visit and had kids with them, but they didn't attend the church. And one of the things that popped up yesterday that I've heard a million times is uh, talking with someone and they say, oh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd come to church, but I did that a while ago and uh, it didn't really work for me. It just didn't work. And I've heard that uh, from tons of people that, oh, I went, to, I went to church when I was growing up and Christianity just didn't, didn't work for me. And uh, so I'll have to try to, you know, have the conversation from there and, and say, well, oh, maybe you got like the gold star version of Christianity. You need that skyline Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Like you thought they were all the same, but they're not. They're very different. But it made me think about the question, um, do you ever feel like Christianity isn't working for you? Like, I know some of you, you have the gift of faith and you're like, oh, no, it is working perfectly and flawlessly. Others of us are, are more skeptical or doubters or just, um, you know, Debbie Downers. And we will get to that place of saying, you know, I feel like this Christianity thing isn't working for me. And it could be for a million different reasons. Uh, for some people, it's because they get burned out by the busyness of church. Um, it's one of the things I'm watching for. We had the community fun day yesterday. And I'm, I'm glad because I think I see Phil and Heather Sarver are not here today. Good job. If you're watching online, I'm glad you're not here. <laughs> because they put a ton of work into it. And then you're there early on Saturday and late in the afternoon cleaning up. And then you got to be back early getting things together. If, if you volunteer in a lot of areas, you'll understand this this feeling burned out by the busyness of church. Other people will think maybe their Christianity isn't working because uh, their, their prayers don't seem to work. I, I prayed for stuff and it, did not, it didn't happen. Or because you've been doing the stuff that you think is right, but then everything goes wrong anyways. You feel like Christianity isn't working. Uh, one of my friends that um, I have just... I, I, I experienced his story growing up. We were friends together, but uh, had very different lives. And it's kind of interesting because this friend, he grew up going to church and invited me to church when I was a kid even. Uh, I went to vacation Bible school one year. Um, when I was a, a little kid, it was really the only church experience I had. But because he invited me, um, and his family was just involved in church constantly. And so he grew up in church. He was a part of vacation Bible school. He was in the youth group. His first kiss was in the back of a church bus. Like some major life events had, had to do with the church. Uh, but what I would learn later that I didn't know about as a kid is that at home... It was completely inconsistent with what they were portraying at church, that even though his parents were leaders at the church 
and they were in charge of a lot of stuff, they would fight at home constantly. And he would, he would pray for a miracle that things would become good, but they just didn't. And his parents ended up getting divorced. And ultimately, he left the church. And he has that story of, you know, I tried Christianity and it didn't work for me. It just didn't work. Our family did it. We were way involved. And it just didn't work. Or I know couples who love Jesus and they are doing everything right. They're in a life group. They're serving. And then something catastrophic happens. They lose a child or they lose a job or they have a miscarriage and it, it ruins everything. And they're in that place of asking, where is God? I, I, Christianity doesn't seem to be working because I was doing all the right stuff, I thought. And something's broken. It's not working. Why is this happening? For some of you, it might not be so dramatic. It could be just, you know, you go to church, and um, maybe you're even trying to do all the good stuff. You, you read a, a Bible plan on version. Maybe you're a part of a, a small group. Maybe you listen to K-Love. You got a Vineyard Westside sticker on your car. You got a decent place to live. You got a car that goes. You have friends. You get to go on vacation every now and again. Things are not that bad. But you would say for whatever reason you're just not happy. Um, you're not fulfilled that you don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to, but I'm, some dots aren't getting connected. Um, and so today is a bit about um, just this idea that the greatest enemy to the life that you want might be the life that you have. It might be the life that you're living right now. The greatest enemy to the life that you want to have might be the one that you're doing right now. And how do you get yourself out of the way in that situation? Is Christianity not working for me? Um, does God not care about me? Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. This is an important line. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. I'm the truth and the life. So you know where you're going. He reminds them, you're going to the Father, and you know the way. The way to the Father is through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the way matters. The way that you take. You know, you can get to a lot of different destinations uh, from a lot of different ways. 
but the way that you take matters. The way is important, right? Sometimes you feel like you're saying the right thing, but the way you said it was not right. If anybody's married here, have you ever said, oh, that's what you're wearing tonight? Versus, oh, that's what you're wearing tonight. Meow. <laughs> the way that I said it was a right way or a wrong way. The way is important. Jesus in this passage says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now, most of the time at church, we focus on the truth of Jesus, the truth that um, we believe he's the son of God, that he died on a cross for your sins so that you could be made right in the image of God. Um, he, he died so that you could be given eternal life. Just these truth pieces about Jesus we talk about the truth of Jesus a lot, but a lot of times we don't talk about the way of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way. I am the way. All right, Bible trivia. First, Corinthian, first uh, century Christians, they weren't called Christians until about 400 years after Jesus was walking around on earth. Uh, what were they called before they were called Christians? Followers of the way, gold star for you guys. Followers of the way or people of the way. And these were spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, demon-crushing, self-sacrificing, world-changing people who were on fire for Jesus, and they were known as people of the way or followers of the way. And their goal wasn't just having good theology uh, or strong morality. Their goal, these people, before they were ever known as Christians, their goal was to live and love the way that Jesus lived and loved. Just to do things the way that he did them. To follow in the footsteps of their rabbi. The common saying is that they were trying to study him so closely and be so much like him that their faces would be covered by the dust of his feet. That wherever he goes, we're running right behind him. That we would be covered by the dust of our rabbi. And what is Jesus like? If you think about the way that Jesus lived, it says that he was full of joy, um, I don't think I know anybody that's full of joy. I know a lot of people who are full of stress. I know a lot of people who are full of anger. A lot of people who are full of sarcasm. Jesus was full of joy. It says that Jesus didn't ever worry. Some are saying that this is the most anxious generation in all of history right now. Just the most worried. Jesus stopped for people all the time, too. Uh, do you stop for people? Do you, uh, if, if somebody is, do you guys ever have the thing where you say, hey, how's it going? And you're walking and somebody says, actually, things could be better. You're like, oh, oh, oh no. 
you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> That's not, there's, it's only great or like doing good. But somebody says, actually, things, things could be better. Jesus stopped for people all the time, any of those opportunities, and just dug in and didn't run from it. Jesus was consumed with this ongoing fellowship with his father, where he would escape from crowds to get alone time with his father in heaven so that they could talk together, so that he could spend time with them. I think about myself, and I'm trying to pray for three minutes without some type of exercise forcing me to do it. I get distracted by a phone, or if I put the phone in the other room, um, I start dreaming of foods, is what pops in. Imagine if Jesus were like us now, or if, that's one of the things I try to get in my head is what, uh, some of the things that we're dealing with today, some of the issues what we, that we have, uh, would Jesus have the same kind of issues or deal with the same things? If it was modern day Jesus, would he be struggling with, you know, doing ministry? Because he's like, man, I wish I had Yeezys instead of these open-toed sandals. Like, it'd be way more comfortable to travel around. Or maybe Jesus would be scrolling through Instagram would he be the same Jesus, or would he be like, what? John the Baptist has more followers than I do? <laughs> He's got Yeezys. Whenever Jesus went somewhere, he walked. Um, he took his time. I know, obviously, he didn't have a vehicle, but um, he did have the option to take uh, horses, donkeys, mules, that sort of thing, and Jesus walked. He just took his time. It seems like everybody I know is pushing it like crazy. They are always overwhelmed. They're always rushed. They're always um, running late, no matter what. Also, everyone I know is afraid of not being busy. Like, I can't let anybody know that I'm not busy right now. Hey, how's everything going? Oh, just busy, just slammed. Just slammed. Were you really slammed? Because I've seen people on the phone say they're slammed when I've been with them for a while and they weren't slammed. You have the time for whatever you choose time for. Whenever I get wrapped up in a hobby or doing whatever, people will always say, how do you have time for that? I'm like, I just uh, stopped all my other responsibilities <laughs> because I have time for what I want to have time for. And it's the same thing if I'm giving it to him or not. Do I want to give time over to people when that moment comes up of, how you doing? Actually, not so good. So here, here's, here's how I want to close today. I told you we're just going to be opening up conversation. But I want to end this with um, four uh, words that I feel like I got over the past couple days that are for um, different groups of people in here. Um, and 
what kind of sparked it is I was looking through a box of old pictures and uh, just going through these old pictures and sometimes you get kind of sucked into it. You ever look at old photos of yourself and just, and you're looking at, you're like, oh my gosh, look at skinny me. <laughs> or just whatever. But I'm looking at these old pictures and just in a whole bunch of them laughing like crazy and uh, just fun different things going on and us doing ridiculous things like go going out incognito, something our family does. Um, if, if there's ever a big group of our family, like most of our family all decide to go out and get ice cream together or go out to dinner somewhere and like just a few of us, somehow we didn't get invited like we weren't a part of the whole group, um, what we do is we go to that restaurant incognito, <laughs> dressed up in disguises, and we sit as close to them as we can, <laughs> and we wait for them to notice us. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that for? Somebody help me. Somebody connect the dot. Oh yeah, yeah, pictures of being happy. Pictures of, <laughs> pictures of um, just being silly or more carefree or whatever. Um, looking at old pictures and seeing certain things that you go, what the, heck? what the heck happened to me? When did I get to be an old fart? When did this happen? When did this happen? When did I stop laughing at this? When did I stop finding this dumb thing funny or whatever? You might be in that place of looking at old photos and saying, I, I don't really like uh, the person that I'm becoming. And some of you might find that you are rushing to become someone you don't even like. Like you are sprinting there. That the way you're doing life right now, the pace that you're on, um, or the... Uh, you know, insecurities you might have or unresolved hurts that you might have or your, the fears that you might have, they might send you in a certain direction. And so you are rushing towards becoming someone you don't even like. Do you want to become a scaredy cat? No, but you're becoming more afraid of more stuff every day. And you're rushing towards becoming that person you don't want to be. Anyways, Proverbs chapter 14 says this, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Um, the day and age that we're in right now, everything in our life is telling us to do things a certain way and to get ahead, and that if we want to be happy, if we want to have success, if we want to win, then we have to push harder, we have to have more drive, we have to achieve more, we have to conquer more people, we have to get things, we have to flex on them. You got to show off. And the world is doing it more and more and more and to the point where that seems like that is the right thing that we need to be doing. Proverbs 14, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. 
for me, one of the things I had to uh, recognize in this area is the way that I had been doing um, the work of God. This, for, this was a while back that um, I was hit really hard with the realization the way that I was doing the work of God was destroying the work that God was doing in me. And so I was trying to do more stuff. I was trying to fill up all of my time. I was trying to press for more and uh, achieve more, drive harder, push it. <laughs> and uh, it, it was actually, it was just, it was destroying the work that God was doing in me. Matthew chapter 11 Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, not an egg yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke, Jesus says which is, would be weird if it was an egg, but it's not. The yoke is what would attach the two oxen or two horses or two mules together, uh, the wooden apparatus that would hook to their necks, and then in between, that would be connected to a plow or a cart or some various farming tool that if the two of them were able to work together, they could actually accomplish more than just one individual uh, ox. But... Jesus says, hey, take my yoke upon you, and it's always for two. It's always made for two. It's not a one, it's not a one yoke setup. It's always two. Jesus is inviting us into a better way of doing things and that we get to be joined with him, not just believe his truth, but to live the way that he does, the way that he lived, and be hooked up to him, share the, share the burden together. You might say, yeah, but Jesus wasn't a single mom with two kids. I can't do stuff the way he did. Or Jesus didn't have student loan debt that's crippling. Yeah, but he did have a pretty big assignment, didn't he? Be perfect, die for the sins of the world. He had, he had some stuff going on. Yet when he's around a crowd, he disconnects from the crowd, and he, he's just wanting to extend time with his father. When he has a meal, he doesn't do a rush to eat, eat over the sink situation, no dirty dishes. <laughs> Whenever Jesus ate, it was a long meal. It was with the intention of having deep conversations with people where he could stop to listen to what they have going on and where he could love the hurting. Today, um, there's no quick fix. What I have today is some words for you to meditate on this week as we head into next week. Um, for some of you... You'll, you'll have a certain word. What I'm challenging you to do is to write it down and to press into it this week. Some of you might fall into a group of people who are rushed, stressed, 
overwhelmed, always late, constantly like you feel like you can't catch your breath. This is the word that I had prayed about and I feel like is for you. Unhurried rhythms of grace. Unhurried rhythms of grace. If you're rushed or stressed or overwhelmed, that you would begin praying and asking God, what would it look like to experience your unhurried rhythms of grace? What would it look like? And just start digging into that. For some of you in this room, maybe you're feeling like you've been overcome by temptation and you feel like you're far from God spiritually or you're, you're, you're just dry or dull, the word I have for you is unbroken fellowship with the Father that you would press into. Lord, what would unbroken fellowship with the Father look like for me? For some of you, you might feel like you are preoccupied or you're unfocused or you're distracted by stupid stuff all the time. You might also be the people who are worried about what they think online. You might be worried about what they're posting online. What they have versus what you have. The word I have for you is uncluttered pursuit of God's mission. Uncluttered pursuit of God's mission. What would it look like to have uncluttered pursuit of God's mission for my life? And the last group, maybe you are in the, the, the realm of um, regretting your past or worrying constantly about your future being worried about your future, and so you are present physically with the people in your life right now, but your mind is somewhere else all the time because you are regretting your past or you are worried about the future. The word I have for you is undivided attention in the moment. Undivided attention in the moment. So if you are tired of the grind, or you're tired of the stress, or you're tired of being miserable, or you're tired of feeling like Christianity isn't working for you, or you're tired of being angry, you're tired of being anxious, you're tired of having too many problems to solve, too much weight to carry, too much pain to bear, today is to remind you that there is a better way. There's a better way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not just the truth of Jesus, it's the way of Jesus that he's inviting you to be attached to him and to follow his lead with whatever you have going on. Uh, to close up, I just want to read to you Psalm chapter 23. Psalm 23 is a picture of David in this place where he has, um, you know, he's, he's, he's surrendered to the fact that there's a better way if I don't try to solve all these things myself, if I give myself over to the Lord and I, I give him my fears, I give him my, 
my anxiousness. I give him my regrets. I give him my failures. Anyway, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He's able to do that because they're attached with a yoke on their necks. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want some more of that. There's a better way. That's it for today. Let's pray. Jesus, we recognize that you possess and uh, model and give us the example of a better way of doing things constantly. Um, if we are in a place where um, we're becoming people that we don't even like, we just pray that you would be able to help us to change the direction and recognize recognize that we're invited into a partnership with you where you promise us a better way of doing it. Anyone in this room right now is fed up with anything or they're frustrated or they feel like Christianity isn't working. Just pray today would be a reminder that there's a better way And that there's room for one more in the yoke. So we pray for your blessing. We pray for favor. I pray that those words would rise up again and again throughout this week. That we'd be able to dig into those unhurried rhythms of grace. Unbroken fellowship with the Father. Uncluttered pursuit of God's mission. And undivided attention in the moment. We praise you, Lord, for having a better way of doing it and wanting to share the secret with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we're going to talk next week more about what those better ways look like. I love you guys. I hope to see you all soon. Have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.